0: You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I am so excited to have you tuning in with me. We have a wonderful guest, Alexandria. Welcome.
1: Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, I'm really excited to kind of dive in today. You know, we were talking a little bit before I hit record um, about y- what you do, what your company Poplin does. Um, and, you know, it's really special to me when I come across an organization that's so focused on helping couples stepping in, in this preconception period. And one thing that you do that I really like, it's this wording, um, that I've seen you talk about seen it on online is that you want to view preconception with the same intentional mindset as someone who's like thinking about planning for a wedding. And so if you don't mind, I'd love to just jump in there. Could you just kind of break that down for us? Why the
1: comparison? Absolutely. Well, I think there's certainly the ease of comparison from a time point, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, that a a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from clients is this juxtaposition of Mm -hmm. I spent a year plus planning for my wedding. Every single detail was thoughtfully curated, the, you know, the music that we were going to have, the venue. And then we started to try to conceive. And that was a black box there was no guide there was no checklist there wasn't mm. you know a, a list of resources it was kind of we were left on our own and so i think you know there's this this stark contrast in the way that we prepare to get married, or even quite frankly, prepare to do anything else. A, a career has more infrastructure and support. Buying a house mm-hmm. has more infrastructure and support. And a lot of these are you know, software enabled tools and they're along the journey. And then you kind of get to the process of trying to conceive and it's a hodgepodge of resources. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is no one central source of truth. And I just thought that that was a gap in care and Absolutely. a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I think it aligned fairly well with my own personal disposition, mm-hmm. which tends to be a bit more of a planner, a bit more <laughs> of an organizer, right? Somewhat type A, or maybe mm-hmm. very type A, um, so, you know, this, this idea that, you know, we could have more infrastructure tools and support on this journey to, to getting pregnant in much the same way that we have for all of these other major milestones.
0: Mm, I think that's really, yeah, I think you just summed it up beautifully, you know, um, we, it's, it seems like it's a trend. I know personally, I can vouch that this is truth, but something that I've talked about with um, my clients and also others who are in my community is just that when it comes time to get pregnant, unlike anything else in our life, we want to get pregnant yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So l- let's kind of like take a step back there, you know, understand that a lot of us, you know, understandably you get excited, uh, but let's take a step back there. why, like, why is it important? Why is it important that we give this preconception idea of uh, whether it's testing or thinking um, some good thought?
1: Mm. Yep. So I think there's a couple of different reasons, but I, you know, I love the point that you made, which is when we're ready, we're ready yesterday. Cause I saw that <laughs> with my clients yeah. all the time, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and it's such an interesting experience because for so much of our lives, uh, you know, I, I see this, you know, with, with a lot of friends and clients, we spend time. Intentionally trying not to get pregnant. And all of this mm-hmm. energy and resources go to not getting pregnant. And then all of a sudden we flip this switch. And now we want to be pregnant. And in our minds, that that switch flips, but our bodies might not catch up as quickly. <laughs> and I think there's a couple reasons why that is the case. So a few that I'll highlight, and you know, there's there are many more, but Number one is if you think about the egg development cycle and the sperm development cycle, they take Mm -hmm. months and months. So for Mm -hmm. egg maturation from kind of waking up from this sleeping beauty-esque state that your eggs Mm -hmm. are in to ovulation, it's about a year. Mm -hmm. And it's that last three to four month window that is most susceptible, we'll say, to environmental influences, both positive and negative. What you're eating, your stress levels, environmental chemicals around you, all of these things. And sperm maturation spans just under three months. So it's a, you know kind of a similar timeframe. Mm-hmm. So de- certainly depending on your starting point, you may need multiple of these sperm development and egg development cycles mm-hmm. to get to the point mm-hmm. where you're at an optimal, well, we're going for optimal here, an yeah. optimal mm-hmm. point where you set yourself up for the highest probability of success of conception. Mm-hmm. And what we see is that... It, it, Without that period of intentional preparation, so three, six, 12 months in advance, a lot of times what happens going into pregnancies is you have nutrient deficiencies. Mm -hmm. If you're not intentionally repleting yourself of nutrients, and certainly pregnancy itself is the most nutrient intensive time in a female's <laughs> life certainly right it's like running back mm-hmm. to back to back marathons yeah. <laughs> right uh, it's um, a lot yes <laughs> so you know if we are ready if we're in the normal state it's depleting but even if we're on the low end of normal normal mm-hmm. i put in air quotes mm-hmm. right you're you're very likely to trip into a deficiency state just given the high demands and the rapid increase in demands of nutrients in you know the early fetal development stage as mm-hmm. that's one example mm-hmm. another example is around hormone balance. And and I say this for females specifically, which is many females that we've worked with, that I've worked with, have been on some sort of hormonal birth control for a decade plus. Mm -hmm. And what happens with hormonal birth control, I think a lot of times people might, might not realize, and I myself did not realize it until I started researching it, is that we basically shut down the hormonal communication between our brain and our reproductive system so our brain and our our ovaries That's and so crazy. it's, right <laughs> yeah, for, it's so you know, crazy so, so for mm-hmm. many years there's no crosstalk between those um those organs and when you go off of hormonal birth control there's like, you know, a little bit of an adjustment period because your brain's like, oh, Absolutely. we we, mm-hmm. we have this communication mechanism that we haven't been exercising. You know, it's like train tracks that have not been used for a while. There's a bit of mm-hmm. overgrowth and you know, you can get it up and running again, but oftentimes it actually requires proactive actions, rather than just writing it out and seeing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's another big reason that it's important to prepare and plan in advance is it just gives your, your body the, the time that it needs to recalibrate after coming off of hormonal birth control, as an example.
0: Mm, I think that's a great example and something that we, we don't really often think about. You know, I feel the question all the time. I've been on birth control for X number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, how quickly can I expect my cycle to return? Mm-hmm. And it's always that variable like, well, there's not really a great answer because it's mm-hmm. gonna depend on your body, how your body responded to being on that hormone, those hormones for so long and then also what your body needs to really just get back in a great cycling space.
1: Mm. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think it's so <laughs> important.
0: Are you looking for a probiotic that's specifically formulated for fertility? Well, today I wanna introduce you to the needed pre and probiotic. This is a really special evidence-based blend of very beneficial microbial boosting bacteria. And it's not just the beneficial microbial strains, you know, it's also the prebiotics. And we really need those prebiotics to feed the good bacteria so that it will hopefully colonize in the gut. Now what's also amazing about this specific probiotic is that it's formulated to be taken before, during, and after pregnancy. So when you start taking it, you can just continue taking it all the way through your pregnancy. These probiotic strains are beneficial for your baby. um, And then continue taking them after pregnancy as your body's going through those transitions away from high hormones back to more of a normal state. So if you want to give this a try, you can save 20% off your first order by using the code
1: BlissberryWellness20. There is, you know, ranges that that we can give based on, you know, what we've seen, but I think you're right, it's highly individualistic and it mm-hmm. depends on all the things you mentioned as well as right, you have to think about. So there are certain things that we know that hormonal birth control does, like it depletes certain nutrients. So mm-hmm. if you're able to replete those nutrients while you're on it or you are active in repleting it as soon as you go off of it, you can bounce bounce back and i don't mm-hmm. love that phrase but bounce back faster right, right. right? Mm-hmm. um it it can sometimes interrupt and, and mess with your microbiome so again if you're mm-hmm. doing stuff to replete and replenish your microbiome either while you're on it or after you can you know move back into regular cycles more quickly and then i think there's also this big discussion around, why were you taking birth control in the first place? Or why oh, yes. did you go mm-hmm. on birth control? Right. And mm-hmm. you know, the vast majority at large, I shouldn't say the vast majority, a large percentage of individuals go on birth control for reasons other than contraception. Mm, yeah. And that, that can be because birth control is used for, you know, people that have a lot, you know, a lot of times for symptoms. So it could be acne, it could be heavy periods. It could be pain with periods. And Mm. if that happens, right, that those symptoms are a sign of underlying hormone imbalance. And Mm. while birth control may mute those symptoms, meaning you don't experience those symptoms, certainly not as profoundly on birth control, it does not mean that the underlying hormonal imbalance went away. So Mm -hmm. if you have that experience and you go back, you go off, you go off of hormonal birth control, likely that hormonal imbalance is still there It has Mm -hmm. kind of been festering for however many years you've been on it, and it may have gotten worse over that period of time. And so you may need to actually address it once you go off of hormonal birth control. And I don't think this is discussed widely Mm -hmm. enough at all.
0: No, absolutely. And I was just thinking that when you were saying this, um, this whole like almost pausing where you're at in a reproductive state. And then fast forwarding, mm. and you're really just coming off and coming back to that, which can be a real mm. shocker, mm-hmm. um, especially even though I feel like I see it shouted from the rooftops, there's still this thought that exists that hormonal birth control is a tool that rebalances hormones. Mm.
1: Mm. Oof. Oh, yes. So I think <laughs> the, the conversation around hormonal birth control is such a complex one, mm-hmm. because I think on one hand you know as a working professional myself it's it's it, it can be such an incredible gift of mm, freedom mm-hmm. and you know it gives it gives females so much agency over their reproductive choices in a way that i think previous generations did not have so i have so much reverence for the the ability to have hormonal contraception mm. and i think what we're seeing now is there hasn't been as much informed consent in the use of hormonal mm. birth control mm-hmm. and then That's we also have all of these years now of data of the implications of hormonal birth control that we may not have had 20 30 40 years ago right Mm -hmm. um you know it's 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 a fairly new product on the market if we really think about it (laughs) yeah Um, and so i think there's that And, and and now i think you know in many cases if you tell someone who's 18 or 20 or 25, a lot of times kind of when, when they're starting to think about going on hormonal birth control, here are the implications. They may still make the same choice. Mm-hmm. And, and still, right. I think it's important that we give people this information about here are the Mm -hmm. implications of being on hormonal birth control. And, you know, so, so you understand, and then there's, you know, also this conversation around what you can do to offset the effects of hormonal birth control Mm, if you're going to be taking it. Right. And then I think there's Mm -hmm. the whole other conversation around certain people are better candidates or worse candidates for hormonal birth control, given certain blood clotting factors, or that's Mm -hmm. another area of informed consent Mm -hmm. that we haven't done a great job of, I think is, a um, as a system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just, I feel like it's such, it's such a big topic. There are so many layers. Um, and just trying to navigate those layers for each individual woman is complex.
1: Mm. It is right. Your, your fertility is multifactorial. Your health is multifactorial. There are all these different pieces. (laughs) And, and I think, you know, what I say is there's a message of hope here, right. Mm -hmm. Which is that there is, your body is so incredibly resilient and that's mm, that that's the mm-hmm. beautiful thing when we when we give the body what it needs and we take away the things that it doesn't need or you know doesn't work so well with the body really is is an incredibly adaptive mechanism mm-hmm. but the caveat i will say here is give yourself the gift of time because mm, you know if we go back to the point advice. you were making earlier right? If I want to be pregnant yesterday, that doesn't give us very much time to work, right? To recalibrate (laughs) our hormone levels, to recalibrate our nutrient stores, to, you know, give our bodies and our ovaries and our testes, the juicy goodness of nutrients and, and blood flow that it needs to actually set, set the stage for an easeful conception and a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby, which is, you know, kind of the real goal around here. Mm -hmm. Um, The more time you give yourself, I think what, what I, what I'd like to delineate is, you know, Say to people in a rather crude way, but would you rather spend time preparing, or would you rather spend time trying?
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Right? And we historically, we haven't really had that choice because there's been no discussion around preparation. Mm-hmm. And now, you know that that we're trying to get the word out about this is this idea of preparation. And the more time you can spend in the press preparation phase, mm-hmm. generally speaking, the less time you can spend in the trying phase right? Because you'll have done all of the legwork front, and often trying can be very stressful, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're, when you're trying, Mm. that adds a lot of stress for you and potentially your reproductive partner and, you know, time sex is not the most fun sex, (laughs) right? So, so I think if we can reduce pressure as much as we possibly can, it's shifting this mindset from spending time, trying to spending time planning and preparing your body, and look, there's no crystal ball here. It doesn't always work as planned. Even if you prepare, <laughs> yeah. sometimes things don't go as, as we want. But certainly it can, we can increase the probability many, many, many fold by preparing intentionally in advance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of that's the perfect segue. So what what does that look like? Say I'm someone new. I want to take the next step, thinking about having a child. Um, what is this idea of preconception preparation look like?
1: Mm. So I'm certainly biased, (laughs) but I, you know, I I think one of the best things to do to start your pre-pregnancy wellness or, you know, preconception journey is to get pre-pregnancy wellness testing. And that is what Mm. we do Mm -hmm. at Poplin. We measure five different categories of health and there's, you know, different tiers of testing, but our most Mm -hmm. comprehensive test is looking at 70 different biomarkers. So Mm, the the traditional fertility test, if you're taking that Mm -hmm. only focuses on hormones and and that's only about 30% of the the equation, right? Your fertility Mm -hmm. is an extension of your overall health. So if we only look Mm -hmm. at hormones, we're only looking at a subset of the larger equation. And we may miss a lot of information that is relevant to your reproductive ability and your ability to have a healthy baby. So getting your baseline and your reproductive partner's baseline is one of the best ways to understand what you are working with. And this mm-hmm. is a, this is different from what is traditionally done now, which is, you know, if you're 25, you know, they, they treat all 25-year-olds as, as equal, all 30-year-olds as equal, all 35-year-olds as equal. But we know on a cellular level, that's just simply <laughs> not true, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> How you live your life impacts the health of your cells. And your -hmm. your egg cells and your sperm cells are just cells like any other in your body. And they respond like other cells. And your egg cells actually are the most mitochondrially dense cells in your entire body. So they Mm -hmm. are particularly sensitive to you know, things that that, that encourage uh, mitochondrial function and, disc, and and particularly sensitive to things that discourage mitochondrial function. So they're they're exquisitely sensitive. So I think a great starting point is to get your pre pregnancy wellness baseline in your unique body, so you know what you're working with. And the mm-hmm. the goal is to identify any red flags or yellow flags with your ability to conceive and have a healthy pregnancy. And this you know includes things like uh, you know. Immune status, right? So autoimmune conditions are flagging a lot in the mm-hmm. testing that we're doing. On average, it takes seven to eight years to get an autoimmune diagnosis, and you know we're we're, we're um, seeing early signs of that, and that can certainly interfere with your ability to conceive. Mm-hmm. Lots of nutrient deficiencies. We're seeing a lot of vitamin D deficiency, a lot of ferritin deficiency, which is a you know a form of iron stores, mm-hmm. and you know because blood volume increases significantly in pregnancy, right? Having really robust iron stores is very important. So those are just some examples. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I would also say, in addition to testing, or you know, kind of once you've done the testing, did you know? Because I did not know Mm -hmm. that there is such a thing as a preconception visit with your doctor. Mm, Yeah. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's it's wild, right? And these preconception visits have been, you know, recommended and in the guidelines from, you know, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the CDC for about 15 years, 15 mm-hmm. years. And still, you know, less than, I think 15, 20% of people have one, mm-hmm. which is it's crazy, wild to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
0: think that they'd want you to know that, like get right? that information out there. Let's mm-hmm. do some PSAs
1: exactly exactly i think that's i think that's great this is it's such an important public service announcement that there is such a thing and you can go to your physician and ask for it now i think you know this is where a bit of the challenge comes in is you know who is the who's the physician that's responsible for it is your mm-hmm. your pcp is it your obgyn and i think that's part of the reason why there's been a bit of friction in mm, delivering this care and i think you know that's part of the reason why poplin has stepped in on the testing front because at least we can get mm-hmm. people information and then you can bring that information to your doctor and start the conversation in a a much more informed way. Um, But those are, I think, a couple of big things that I would say when you're thinking about starting your journey to uh, to think about.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, one one really unique thing that I kind of want to throw out there too um, is a I've had so many women in our community reach out and be like, Hey, I really want to get these lab tests done, but my doctor is not interested in doing any of them until Mm -hmm. we've reached this certain threshold. And I think that's so frustrating because, um, you know, for a lot of women, they're basically being forced to spend six, nine, 12 months or more Mm -hmm. in this trying phase, Without ever having an opportunity to run some lab tests, and so I appreciate that. You know, what you're talking about is basically giving access to that. That you know, you don't you don't have to just get these things run at that infertility appointment because that's essentially what it is. Um, this is an opportunity to kind of take things and get them started
1: a little sooner. Hmm. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I think what you just described is exactly the reason that I started Poplin. Mm-hmm. I was working as a clinician, as a, you know, I'm trained as a nutritionist and a functional medicine practitioner. And I was working, you know, a lot of clients would come to me after they'd been trying for a year or two years, they had done all the things and mm-hmm. they were, you know, coming to me asking for, you know, what else, could it be nutrition? Could it be, you know, do you have any other insights or perspectives? And, you know, they had, oftentimes been through already multiple rounds of reproductive uh, cycles, uh, assisted reproductive cycles. And I actually started running because I'm trained as a functional medicine practitioner, very broad tests. And I started with saying, okay, asking the doctor to run it Mm -hmm. because, you know, I thought, okay, well, let's try to get some of this covered by insurance. So if the doctor runs it, then Mm -hmm. we could get it covered by insurance. And I had a lot of the same pushback, right? It's not necessary, and mm-hmm. so then I would provide rationales for every single item. Why do I think there's a rationale for running this test? And then you know they would share that with their their doctor. They still would not run the tests. Mm. And after doing after seeing that pattern over and over and over again, then I thought, okay, I'm just going to run these tests in partnership with my with my clients, and we'll see what we find. And you would not believe all of a sudden we're uncovering things that. You know, very likely we're contributing to fertility challenges. A lot of the same things that I'm mentioning to you now, because our testing was basically, you know, I, I, I back create I created it from what I saw in the clinic of, you know, people that have been struggling to conceive for for many many years. And the most important insight here is that once we were able to address the things that were flagging, they got pregnant mm, that's miraculously, amazing. right? Mm-hmm. So I had this thought, why are we only screening people, you know, or why are we only addressing this once someone is having trouble? Exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We can screen for these things upfront on day one of trying, even a couple of years out from trying, even -hmm. if you're about to undergo egg Mm -hmm. freezing, right? Because then you have your, your starting point and you know what you're working with and you can start Mm -hmm. addressing anything that comes up with so much more space And you have more information and agency over the entire process.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I love that. Um, It's really empowering what you're describing, you know, giving, giving people choices and options and evidence-based steps Mm. as opposed to just waiting and hoping. Just wait is not a strategy. (laughs) Not that I want (laughs) to diminish hope by any means, but it's clear that we have, that there are
1: options. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's also just just a very disempowering place to be for people, mm-hmm. right? Which oh, is yes. not helpful, and and oftentimes, right, the stress levels of just sitting around twiddling your thumbs is overwhelming. Right. So mm-hmm. just, just keep trying. Right. I, I have a business background. I was a business consul- I was a consultant for many, many years and I went to business school. So, you know, I come from the, the, the business world and in the business world, we use KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. Anytime we go into a new client, we run a diagnostic, we see what they're working with, and then we make recommendations off of that. And mm-hmm. I thought, What a wild idea, right? Why are we not doing that in health? Why are we not using KPIs, right? Diagnostic Mm -hmm. tests are KPIs for our health, key performance indicators of our health. Why are we not running diagnostics first and then determining the the plan of action rather than treating everyone of the same age as if they're the same, treating everyone who's going Mm, through fertility treatments the same? It doesn't make logical sense. Mm, It's also not working very effectively.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Very true. wow, <laughs> that's a lot, you know, just to like sit and rest <laughs> in for a second and kind of, uh, uh, think about, um, but, uh, first of all, thank you so much for just really pulling back the curtain here and kind of revealing, um, where we need to be when we're thinking about trying to conceive, because it is very different than, um, uh, what I think oftentimes we think of going in just because it's not a conversation we
1: have. Mm. Yes. I mean, what I hope people take away from this is just that you have so much more agency over mm-hmm. your reproductive health. And you may have been told uh, by friends, well-meaning doctors and, and media, and regardless of your age, if you are still cycling, there are things that you can do to improve your fertility. Mm-hmm. And right. If this is, you know, your first pregnancy, great. If this is your fourth pregnancy and you didn't do some of these preparatory steps, that's okay too. Right? There's yeah. no blame or shame here. The idea is just to get information for you, and, and pre-pregnancy wellness is relevant whether it's a first-time pregnancy or a fifth-time pregnancy. Because you know, particularly even for later pregnancies, you're more likely to be nutrient depleted. Your hormones are more likely to be imbalanced. So it's relevant in each of these stages. And so I just you know, there's just so many shoulds in the space. What what I'm hoping that we're doing here is just bringing people more agency and optionality around the process mm-hmm. of there is something that you can do. Uh, you know, we we can't reverse our age just yet, or at least our mm-hmm. chronological age. Um, but there are so many things that we can do to to really make more vibrant overall health and, and as a as a function of that reproductive health. Mm, so true, so true.
0: So if anyone has been listening, they're really resonating with everything that you have shared, what can they do to take the next step with Poplin?
1: Please come check us out. Our website is get poplin dot n.com we would love to have you you know poke around we have a bunch of content there if you're kind of just starting the journey and thinking about what pre-pregnancy wellness is we have a pre-pregnancy wellness checklist and if you're ready to get tested you want to know your starting point we have three different testing tiers for males and for females you can get tested with your reproductive partner whatever that construct look like looks like for you And, you know, we're just so excited to, to support you anywhere on your reproductive journey. And if you're ready today, great. If you're not ready today, come join us. And, you know, we're, we're here for you whenever you're ready.
0: Mm, Well, thank you so much. We're going to link all of that down in the show notes.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Well, I think that wraps us up for today, but I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and chat.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right, well, until next time, friends, bye for now. Thanks for tuning into the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow Baby Dust at babydust.substack.com for updates on all new episodes and free fertility resource guides. Until next time, I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Bye for now.